<laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, you're dark, dark boy. <laughs> Dennis, is it happy hour? Where are we? It's, it's happy. When are we? In spite of that. Where are we? Where are we? No. We're, we're on Dune. Whoa. Did you ever see that movie? Dune? No, but I've heard about it, and it's... What I've heard is that it's pretty much just the wildest fucking ride that a movie can be, and it requires It may be the total worst movie belief. ever made. That's why it's famous. Right. Maybe the worst movie ever made. That's why it's famous. Given, given that it is based on such a beloved book, like, yes. if you just came out and made a movie that was that stupid, that would be one thing, but to base it on a book that is loved. However, apparently the book is also pretty fucking wackadoo with different creatures and aliens well, and shit. Well, there's wackadoo and then there's screenplay bullshit. And then there's... There's wackadoo and then there's wackadoo. acting and then there's... But yeah, poor sound effects and really questionable plot lines. And it's, it, when you have a book that's that long, you essentially, over the course of an hour and a half or two hours, if it's a longer film, are going to be representing... Four or five, four or five storylines, pieces of a storyline that in the book may take up less than a chapter or a chapter. And right. if you've 35, 40 chapter book and you're going to do a screenplay, you're going to recreate the scenes that the screenwriters look at the book and say, of everything that's here, this is the most powerful. Right. Uh, and so that's always a, a tough decision. Like, for example, there are movies that I've seen where it is so obvious to me that this movie is just trying to recreate scenes that the lovers of the book will enjoy. Yeah. Like all of the Harry Potter movies, for example, are basically that. There's, It's so well, disjointed, and, and, and it's it, it, hard to follow as a cinema goer, but the people that have loved the books and know how the vignettes are tied together, they don't see the disjointedness of it, whereas someone that has not read the books... It just seems, okay, now they're here doing this scene, and now they're over here doing this other scene, and I guess I can guess if how these are related. Believe, if you believe that opinion, is, is that an opinion, or do you take good information that's actually the case? Well, as I revealed last episode, I come into these shows totally versed in all of the background research and knowledge and academia around the subjects that I breach. But in this case, it's just my fucking opinion, man. What do I know? Uh, Okay. But, well, you know, um, and I've certainly seen, I have certainly have enjoyed movies where I have read the book, and I can also respect that what they're doing is showing me scenes from yes. the book that I've read. And, of course, through excellent screenplay, the connectors of the web they weave that has these different scenes in it, a total of 30 or 40 scenes per episode, perhaps, or only sure. 10 or 5, depending on what they're doing. But through that, they're capturing not only an example of the storyline, but you're capturing the actual storyline as well. To the extent that they do that, people who haven't read the book will follow it. But it has to be done in, in a way that doesn't assume anything about the about the, the viewer. Correct. For example, that if they've read it, they'll love it, and if they haven't, they may not get it. That, that shouldn't be the standard, in my view. And I don't know if you're suggesting it is, but... Uh, no. You, as we discussed at length about Beartown... It started with that initial vignette, that, which is how the book started to grip the, the oh. reader. And that's great. One example that comes to mind is, I think it might be 
one of the only products where I saw the movie first, and I liked the movie so much that I went and read the book. But uh, it's Racing in the Rain or something like that. Learning to oh, race in the rain. The dog? Yeah. And I saw the movie on a plane, and it was hey, just fantastic. Is this a song? Hey. So it just did a rhyme. What did I you rhyme? Saw on a plane. I saw Learning to Race in the Rain on a plane when I was going yes. to Spain. Yes, there you go. Now you get it. Roll go. with it, baby. Roll with it. And then I went and I, I, I read the book, and it was almost scene for scene. Like they, There was a little bit where they changed exactly how the in-laws were suing the protagonist, the human protagonist. But it was the part that where it starts, much like how Beartown starts, it starts at the end, where the dog is clearly dying, and he's reflecting on his life with his owner, and then you flip back and watch that. And the movie nice. did that perfectly. And so it also helped that like I had the scenery in my head already. It, it made it easier to read the book because I wasn't have to, having to conjure the actors' faces. And yeah, that was a good book. I, I had a similar Yeah, so... This is like you watch the movie, then you want to see the book. So I watched something the other that happened right away. And it was the remake of The Three Stooges. And the reason that I want you to see it is... Classic novel, The Three Stooges. In the the opening, Larry David plays a nun at the nunnery where the three uh, Stooges are students. And Larry David, as a nun, (laughs) is so freaking funny that... And of course, after that, you want to turn the channel. I don't know how long the role is, but but huh. it's worth a stroll. I don't know if you're a fan of Larry David's. I sure am. Yes. I, I haven't watched this whole show, but obviously I adore Seinfeld, of which he was at least yeah. half of. I've never, I haven't missed a show. I've seen some several times because they're so funny. And they are, they're the classic. I go comedy where one, one show drops uh, a storyline that gets picked up. And you get the impression that they're writing these episodes as they go along because the actors who are playing the characters are interacting. And depending on what ends up being funny, right. they go maybe in a different direction because Larry David's both the actor and the, the writer. I don't, I, don't think he's, I don't think he's the director, is he? Or- yeah, that's a huge advantage to doing things on the fly is there's one thing if you have your writer's room that sets up that defines the whole season and writes down every line of dialogue but if you're going if you're doing it from the seat of your pants as one says much unlike this podcast that every line is totally scripted since two years ago your scripts are so tedious i know your delivery of that line is exactly the way i wanted it when i wrote it in 2017 you don't know what you want you're like all editors you see something and you edit it it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. What should we say? Should we say we will do this or we would? I don't know. We will do it means that you're going to do it. Right. And when it's a proposal, it's not a it's not a plan. It's not a plan. It's a proposal. It's 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 nobody said yes. Let's do this. It doesn't turn. You don't get to say something as a concept, where you said something to somebody like like I say to you. I say to you, hey, let's open up. Let's open up a fast food restaurant named Surf and Chirp. So that the last thing people think about is that the chicken they're eating not only was alive once, but made this kind of a sound. Okay? Yep. Okay? And then they can tweet about this. Yep. (laughs) I I, I heard today on some other podcast that in 
Vietnam, I think it is, there's a delicacy where they will cook fertilized eggs, like chicken eggs, such that you end up with a sort of a hard or like a soft boiled egg, but like with a little cooked chicken side, which seems pretty horrible. Oh my God. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> Uh, and yet we all eat crispy, chicken. I hope. <laughs> Beat all. Talk about a chicken finger. Oh, oh, they're so little. They're so little. The bones, all you got to do is scrub deep enough when you crunch them. Those bones are all so cooked. Hey, that's a thing that, that they eat here in Spain. Butter? I, it was the probably the weirdest thing I've ever eaten in Spain. And I've eaten like mm, pig's feet and pig's snouts and stuff like that. They will like deep fry little birds. Real and, deep. Well, deep. they're pretty crispy, but them bones, you got to crunch them and crunch them down until you can swallow them. And like you, you eat a whole little, a whole, whole little bird, the kind of bird that, you know, would sit on your shoulder and uh, tweet, tweet right. at you. And, but right. Right. anyway, right. that's a weird thing. I haven't done it in a while, but. You sent me a remarkable story, a historical walkthrough with some great graphics different portraits and sculpts scu uh, uh, busts. sculpted busts in the history busts. of the Oval Office. And not only was it incredibly informative, but the way that they presented it Isn't that amazing? was very, very good. It yeah. just kept you wanting to see, and it got, oh my God, more. We sort of like that thing that we listened to last week. That oh, same the, kind of thing. Where, about the transporter? Which was one yeah. of the more intense things that has happened to me in months listening to that was pretty f freaky yes well done anyone can hey, and toast to you episode. because there's a new beer tonight it's called the Steam beer anchor steam from san francisco 1796 anchoring and it says here deep ember color red creamy head flavors and i gotta say i'm giving this a 10 out of 10 and it's in a giant can with a really neat label. Nice. Yeah. I remember the local beer in San Francisco when I was there last was something anchor related. See that? But I can't recall which. 1896, it says. You feel like you got beer. You feel that history in your hand. You feel, wow, this amber beer, they've been doing this for that long. Oh, man, I have something. I'm part of something. They must know what they're doing. Me feel. Yes. It's like listening to a podcast that's been going for 109 episodes. So they must know what they're doing. Well. <laughs> I, I, no, but so I want to go back to this Oval Office oh. thing. The technical team at the New York Times does some amazing data visualizations and shit that makes it when you're scrolling through their articles, it just it just comes alive in a way that other publications. Yeah, the what you're reading is basically what they would print on the paper to send. To right. You. But right. here it's a total they are doing a great job of embracing the a scrolling online experience in a way that works in on phones as well as tablets as well as browsers on the computer and in like some of the people in my industry are like known and famous for being people that work at the New York Times to create these things like it's a prestigious job it's in, it's quite remarkable it's quite remarkable yeah and um, to have it work on all the different browsers is super hard and to have it work on all the different sizes is really complicated right and they just do an amazing job so, yes, right, I will put a link right. to that in the I show notes. Would, would... Okay, so, so go ahead. Happyhour.fm slash 109. 109? 109? 109 episodes on the wall. 109 episodes. 
Kick one down, pass it around, 108 episodes on the wall. Yep. Hey, that's well, pretty that's... catchy. <laughs> we could make money changing that. Yes, hey, we because a lot of good if there's one thing that I know that there's a market that. for, it's uh, pay to sing drinking songs. Yes, exactly. Oh, what if there's a drinking song that we could pay we just, a monthly we fee? We both know the same. To, we both know the same things. It's just right. If we could just pay ten dollars right. a month, then per drunk at the local bar, of course, because when Larry comes over and he wants to sing too, we have to say, "Hold on, Larry, you're not licensed yet. You need to swipe your credit card here, and then you can sing along with us." Because that's the way. So the, the, the that's not where the money is, though. That's not where the money is. The uh, money is that along with the allowance to use our copyrighted song, you actually get mailed to you a hundred and nine bottles of beer, and each beer has the title, episode, and then the number of the episode. And so as you drink the beer, so you get all that for, and it's in a, it's in a handy set of cases that. Right. You just hold up the beers. Your starter set might come with just 40 of them. It's nice. Right. It's $500 for the beer and the rights to use the song. And if you bring anybody with you, then there's a subscription fee. Hold on. 50? We're we're giving bottles of beer for 50 cents? Or 500, you say, for $5. Okay. Still, that's. I want more margin. Why can't they be $10 per bottle? Thousand, yeah. It's thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. It's just a grand. It's a grand old time, <laughs> right? The grand old time. We could see the uh, full day that's become here. Only fifty-seven degrees. I'll bring you uh, a photo of previous episodes of the wall that was parting company with from my house on the outside of my house where the kind. Yes. Concrete was breaking off. You've heard this. Well, I tore it all day. And I have now a... Is that, is that really rewarding? Floor. Is that like taking off a big scab where your wall is falling off yes. and you just rip it off and you're just this like, is oh, a baby. 12 by 4 foot, a 12 by 4 foot rectangular-ish. Scab. Rectangular-ish. I don't like that. It's That's bloody and gross. It's scab. But uh, no, no. How about... So are you not supporting the union on the strike, or so? Ah, it's a slab. But I knew here's that was the thing: it. is it came out in about five big chunks, and then I took a sledgehammer and broke it up into pieces. And so this is my tool of the day. Tool of the day. Dun dun dun. Tool of the day. Yes. I had a hammer that was about uh, three pounds, and on the front end was flat enough hexagon to pound in a big nail if you needed to a big spike. But the other end was a sharpened and in a, a hatchet-like triangle, a triangular hunk of metal. And so where the house had separated, where the, the edge of the puff, of the, the place where the concrete had weakened away from the house, yes. where you could see the extension, the extended, almost a, a pregnant house, dare I say. Um, just, it's uh, bloated. With, with, uh, that's actually better, much better. Okay. Much, much better. So bloated, like, in fact. Not like a wound first... full of pus. No. <laughs> but, but... <laughs> it's, it's surprising, and then it's not. So you took the, you took so, the hammer. 
So I'm glad I love this beer. Otherwise, I'd be a bar tool of the day. <laughs> the tool of the day was that big. I think it was three pound. Might have been bigger, but pretty good size. Bam, 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 bam. Things started to fall away in pieces. Boy, it's like you're mining in the caves, but it's really your own house. No, not at all, actually. Okay. Almost like tearing the bark off a tree. So you're walking through the woods and you see a tree, a particular type of tree. I, I don't know what kind I would suggest here. But where the bark sheds in large chunks right. as the tree gets bigger. Yep. And when you feel that separation, it's either going to come off easily or it's not. So in the case of the wall, it's actually not hmm. because it's concrete that's pressed into wire and the wire is rusty, and that's why it's separating from the house because it got rusty and started to loosen, and it, it's cracked. So in order to attack that area where the bloated part of the house meets the part of the house that isn't moving, it's right. secure in a line that happens to be somewhat rectangular, not surprising given the fact that houses are built Square and rectangular. These are straight edge approaches. No, boring houses. So anyway, yeah, man, fell down. And then the second tool of the day was the sledgehammer. Runner up. Which once down, mask up, glasses on, and chopping what were 12-foot sections of wall. 12 foot by 8 inches, 10 inches. Concrete, wire, board that attaches the wire to the house. Pulling away from the house. And here's the thing, important to note. You'll see it in the pictures. All the wallpaper from 1910 is totally intact and in place. I have no concern whatsoever that the damage to the wall was anything more than the veneer. And the solid pine house, when I open up, if I take that wallpaper off, which I probably won't, but if I did, I would smell fresh pine from 1910. That's astounding about this house. So you were breaking this big slab off of the outside of the house. And the wallpaper on the inside is still smooth as a baby's bottle. Tar paper. Not wallpaper. Wallpaper is an interior decorator. This is tar paper. Ah, uh, okay. Pine house, tar paper, wooden slats. So where, to the slats, where you took off Preston. the big bloated concrete slab, Yes. there's now a hole there that needs patching. Yes. And more than just patching, a building of, in layers of a reconstruction with improvements from the original expectation of the house. So nowadays, instead of putting wooden slats up there, you take something called cement board, and it's very rigid, like eighth-inch plywood. It's, and it's somewhat heavy, but it cuts with a knife, and it breaks off easily. Mm -hmm. But the point is that you attach that with these tiny screws to the house, and instead of that screen, which goes on next, that screen has got to adhere to something. In the old style, it was slats with a space in between. This is cement board, and so when you nail onto the cement board the screen and you push the concrete through the screen, instead of filling in a space between slats to adhere, it instead is all pressed up against cement board, which when wet in, in touch with wet concrete, melts down a bit, and then the two different types of concrete melt. They fuse. That's the modern improvement. So it's universal. Screws everywhere. The cement board everywhere screws. The, the screen screws everywhere. So that instead of slats, which in the old days, they had these wooden slats that gave you a place to staple stuff. They used a hammer and a big-ass staple. 
So they did the whole strips of the house. Boom, boom, boom. Oh my God. What's that? Big ass staple. That's impressive. Yes. And I'm sure they were fast with it. But at any rate, the improvement is pretty superior. And so how long until this project is done? How long until your wall looks like a wall from the outside? Two more weekends. Two more weekends. Two more weekends. We will check back on episode uh, 111. We'll check back on episode 111 two weeks from now. You'll hear an update next week. We'll see if we're on track. But next week is the cleaning it up a little bit and buying and applying the cement board and the screen. You don't want to do all that and think you're going to work cement. I have to have I have to have someone here to help me mix the cement because it's you, what you what, you got to be applying the shit. You got to patch it all at once. Uh-huh. You can't. Well, if you're doing a whole house, if you've got an enormous patch, you have no choice. But if you have a choice, you want to get it all done at once. But this is to be the first time that I am going to use what I do now, and you remember this, believe to be the stone that's mixed in with the concrete is crushed concrete rather than pea stone, which is what I used last time. And I think it may be the best patch job I've done. Thank God it's on the ground. No scaffolding, no ladders, no carrying the shit up in buckets. This is all right there. Well, I still have trouble visualizing the rugged bumpiness. Last time we talked about how we were at my, my future... Okay, our recording studio. We were going to take I'll, off. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you another. Example. I need some photos. So, picture. Picture that you oh, are right, at the beach. Yes, you're at the beach, and you're going to paint your porch, and someone was supposed to have swept it before you got there, and they didn't, and you said, "I don't care," and you spray painted it anyway. And when people would step on that, they would say, "Hey, this is kind of rough, like sandpaper," and you'd say, "Yeah," and that would be the story. Here's what I want you to imagine now. Instead of sand, and before you paint it, throw down some little tiny pebbles and then paint it really heavy. Paint it three coats, and then when you step on it, you're going to say, hey, this hurts a little bit when I step on this. Yeah. These are kind of jagged bumps on this. Yeah. That is the texture of the wall, which, of course, not many people, you excluded, would would be able to walk on the side of a wall, but with your prosthetic ankle and foot, you're uh, strangely suited to be able to climb a wall straight up using your, your but it, but I might complain that ankle. like this wall hurts my ankle foot. Yeah. Uh, no, you know it doesn't hurt so bad that I can't do it. I think it'd be fine. Okay. So, so you've got the image now, right, Eric? You said earlier, I didn't quite understand. I don't know. <laughs> I feel better, yes, that I can visualize. However, Uh-oh. if you had some oh, sort of a machine that could capture light rays bouncing off of said texture uh, and send those to me somehow digitally, that would be more clarifying than your eloquent Okay, wait a minute. Let me verbal depiction. Wait a minute. Let me make a note here. I got a pencil right here. Let's see. Eric, and tell him... No fucking way am I going to remember what you told me to do. What are you drinking? Pick That's the there. whole point of writing. Is that if you know that what your that your brain is not recording anything right now, you can write it and the paper might remember. Who told you that? Who Shakespeare. Told you that? Hey, so I got a story. I got a story to tell you. Ooh, so I go to the I go to the wide and I go to the wide night after a hard what? afternoon of workout, tearing the wall down, all dusty in my hair and coughing and get shit to go to the Y. I got a fresh set of clothes there. 
punch in, wear my mask, get to my thing. And I think maybe there's somebody in the whole 30 or 40 locker room, but I don't know for sure. But sure enough, on the TV, big screen TV, is Trump saying, yeah, there'll be an announcement. And when you hear the announcement, I think you'll be happy. You'll be happy about this particular announcement. And, and I said instinctively, out loud, not really caring whether it was there or knowing for certain, I said, oh, God, not again. It's him again. <laughs> and just as I did, I realized that a dude who was there, one guy who I've seen before, who as soon as I saw him, I realized that I know his politics. Mm. And when I looked at him after having said that, he looked at me and he said, huh, what? And I just said, I didn't say anything. And I was still in the room, so I had to take another couple of steps while he was apparently thinking about what he was going to say. He heard me perfectly well. He was stalling to think of a response. And he says, it makes me very happy. Nice. And by then I was out of the room and I just started pantomiming in the mirror. Oh, my God. <laughs> And as I was showering and shaving and getting cleaned up, and I had a pleasant dip into the hot tub, which was immaculate, very, very hot, mm. very, very powerful. I had it all to myself for a seven or eight minutes. Oh, my God, was that great. Take so, a shower, come out. I have a question. When you go to the Y... Yes, you in the front. You. No, 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 not you. You in the front. Go is ahead. It, is it... Yes, sorry, Eric from happyhour.fm. When you go to the Y, is it, do you do more than bathe? Yes, historically I have. I was a swimmer, and that's about all I can do anymore. I used to play paddle ball back in the day and before that basketball, but I can't do any of that because I have ankles, which are not capable of moving laterally. Now, if you imagine a crab on the beach scurrying, oh, first to the left, then to the right, well, yeah, that scurrying motion is very valuable when you're playing sports, ball, net sports, yes. be it as tennis or paddle ball or racquetball, which is just paddle ball on freaking steroids. Right. And there's some, we could talk about that sometime. I've got some stories about my days as a paddle ball player that you might be fascinated by. <laughs> Although, let me think. Nah. Let's, let's query the listeners. Everyone can write into us. You can tweet at us at happyhourdotfm. And uh, let us know if you want to hear from Dennis's paddleball stories. And if we receive literally any response at all, we might go ahead with that next episode. But I should at least provide the title of the first, the first story. The title of the first paddleball story, then we'll let him write it. The name of it is called Lash LaRue Gets Revenge. Shit. That's intriguing. I might pick that book off the shelf. We'll, we'll leave that up to the listeners. Go to patreon.com slash happy hour and let us know that right. you really want to How hear about Lash LaRue to... and his revenge. How much does it cost him to vote? Let's do this the American way. Yeah, I think if you're a $10 subscriber, we will hear your... You get to vote. Yeah. Yeah. I consume some podcasts where if you want the hosts to talk about whatever you wanted them to talk about, it costs like 100 bucks a month or something. <laughs> just, just, wow. <laughs> so, uh new series, HBO series, called The Mayor of, of East... What's it called? Mayor of Eastwick? Eastwick? Oh, shit. Mayor of... East Town? East, East Town. East Town. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. It is freaking remarkable. Ah, she... Not mayor, is as in, like, the person that's in charge of the town, but mayor, as in the mayor, female horse, as in not a, a stallion. Town. 
Yes, spelled exactly the same way, but in this case, a version of Mary, I'm sure. Yes. Kate Winslet. Yes. And I'm in the third episode, and I can't believe the way the plot has gone. It is keeping me on the edge of my seat. All right. And I will put that in my homework notes for for next time. Don't say any more about it. I don't want to know any more about it. And we will come back next time and talk about it. Dennis, I think it's time to go back to our... Guinness Book of World Records corner. Of oh, podcast, man. Our That's recurring segment. Episode 57. Previously, we discussed the longest fingernails. And yes. now we're discussing another sort of extension of the body. And that is this article that you sent me from CNN Travel titled, Why So Many People in China Are Becoming Mermaids. And before we go too far into this, I want to just say one thing. Yes. And it's a surprise. Using private donors here, Yes, I have booked you and I two tickets to participate in the next uh, attempt. And uh, I can't wait, and I know, nor can you. This is amazing. I look forward to uh, dive. We're about to take a deep dive into this topic, but to really paddle, not paddle, uh, kick my way down into the depths of mermaid we're, well, we are, we would be mermen, by the way. The, the yes, technical term, I, I was about to. Because yes. we will not be mermaids. And what is the tri the tri spike scepter that mermen carry? What's that called? That's the trident, probably of Poseidon. Trident, who is the Greek god of the sea. Yep, Greek god of the sea, and earthquakes and storms we'll and horses. What was the uh, record? What? How many did they? How many did they have? Should I guess? Because I don't know. So it's so. What's going on here is people that like literally the leader of this group said that she said I was inspired by an old movie called Splash in the 1980s. The heroine is a mermaid yes. who lives in the sea. Gerald Hanna and Tom Hanks, I believe. Yes, and exactly, it was great. And yeah, and then she has this quote in the article that I actually copied and pasted so that I would get it verbatim. She said. I was searching worldwide to get a swimmable tail. There weren't many nice options. They are all mainly decorative costumes for kids and not functional for mermaid diving. Luckily, I did find a good old merfin, in quotes, merfin, that was powerful enough to move and swim in. Then I used lycra fabric to design my first series of mermaid tails, says Lee, the person being interviewed here. So it's basically... uh, you pull this sack over your legs and then you jump in the water and then you swim butterfly kick style, like dolphin kick. Yeah, yeah. And, and off you go. And, and it works, yeah. Gotta be faster than shit. Yeah, probably. You gotta come up to breathe and whatnot. But yeah, the whole concept of mermaids. And I lived for six months in Copenhagen, Denmark, where the number one thing that if as a tourist you have to go see is this little statue of a mermaid because the little mermaid was written by Hans Christian Andersen who's from Copenhagen and it's this silly little rock thing the statue is maybe it's less than two feet tall and it's just this bronze woman sitting on a bronze sorry not a woman excuse me a mermaid sitting on a on a rock Uh and Uh I don't know it's weird like we have this idea that women that are half fish are kind of sexy but it doesn't doesn't do it for me. because they depict mermaids as sexy. It's not a it's not a wild imaginative thing. That's how they're depicted. Or and, is that what you mean? Yeah. 
You're, yeah, they're certainly so depicted. Surprised as we have and, an idea. That's exactly what marketeers want us to have an idea of because it helps them sell their products. And like mermen, not so much. Well, I mean, not so much. There's, if you think about it for any moment at all, you get down to where, if from way, if from, from the waist down, you're a fish. Uh, where are all your genitals? How are you doing, peepee and poo poo? It's <laughs> you're so scientific. Are you a fish? I, just, I don't know where you learn this stuff. It's great that you have mammalian nipples, but your the scales on your tail are like what? So the scales lift and separate, and there the orifices and the protrusions are found. You certainly it's not beyond you, your imagination. There's parts of your skin that appear to be scaly from the camera angle. Right, I mean that's neck area. It looks a little scaly. If you get me really angry, then my neck all like poofs out. Like a concrete wall separating from a pine house. <laughs> That was well, the exact metaphor I was going for. It gets all bloated. I gotta, I gotta make sure that my, my phone is off. It is. It's about time. Part of so, the episode. So uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day here. Just so gorgeous, and the sun is out and just probably warmed up. So I parked my truck near a tree that shed its pollen last night. Is this your new green it, truck? It, yes. And it was wet because it had rained, and then the pollen and the wind blew it. And the truck was oh stuck all over with these stems and these CD little helicopter things that when they right. fall from the oak tree, they spin. And uh, I mentioned that you can see them. The pollen is uh, a thousand miles out to sea. It travels like that. But here, plastered on my car. So I had the, the, the first rite of passage of taking my truck to the spray wash and blasting the hell out of it and cleaning it. And it is one of the more satisfying things to be able to have a dirty vehicle, and when you leave, it's a clean vehicle. You must agree. Yeah. You don't have a vehicle. I forgot. No, but it's, not to go gross again, but it's, it's you're picking off your scab. It's, it goes from being filthy, and then you work on it a bit, and then, and then it's all good and clean. I like a good, I like a good cleaning. <laughs> you, you look like you need one. Back in the day, they used to put, uh, maggots on wounds and shit to eat the, the right. rotting flesh so i shouldn't be doing that anymore told you back <laughs> somebody told you back in the day that it would save your limb you would say it or did the doctors not tell you did like you woke up from anesthesia and, and you said oh oh it's all bandaged up and what did you do and the doctor looks at you and lies and says oh i just i just put some stuff on it and it's gonna feel funny it's gonna feel like there's ants or something there it's just a tingling that just it's the it's the drug and in your horror, when you decide one night that the itching's drive you crazy and you take the bandages off. Oh, God. And the first thing you think is, and he lied to me, the first thing you think is, oh, my God, what was supposed to be happening here isn't happening. Instead, my leg is full of maggots. Flies have gotten in to my wound and laid their eggs, and they've multiplied, and they're white. Stop. And they're squiggly. Stop. And they're... This is like some Philip K. Dick horror shit. Gross. But well done. Mr. Scab. You were you outgrossed me. Well I don't done. think so. I don't think so. I don't think what I just said is, is as bad as what you said about pus and blood and scum bursting out of your skin. I uh, That's all that's all something that came from you though. Having an outside intruder burrowing in is more gross to me. But let's change the subject, shall we? Shall we? I, so I learned a weird thing. We have, we have, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Please. I learned a weird thing the other day, that what a stegosaurus is, those dinosaurs with with the little fins on the back. Yes, I do. And what a tyrannosaurus is. I do indeed. 
it turns out that ever changing, ever changing Tyrannosaurus Rex. I must say, it turns out that we are closer to the Tyrannosaurus than the Tyrannosaurus is to the Stegosaurus. Since now, since the invention of podcasting, since to the Tyrannosaurus was 67 million years, and from the Tyrannosaurus to the Stegosaurus was 85 million years. Isn't that weird? That we we label dinosaurs as, as an epoch, but that epoch was longer than it's been since they were around. And since we were little... I thought that... I, I actually thought that was true. Mammalian varmints. Because you seem closer to me, to a Tyrannosaurus rex than... Because of your hair. I've got pretty long arms, though. Well, they're pretty tiny, pretty skinny, and your big old haunches. Well, that's true. I wish the listeners could see you, because your haunches are so big that you're not sitting in your chair. You're sitting on it, on your haunches. So there's a lot going on with the scaly neck, and just between you and me, I think maybe you exhibit A. Exhibit A. A new Al Pacino movie coming out. Tell me more. Al Pacino, starring as a lawyer, defending a spy, I believe. I love Al Pacino Lawyer. I love Lawyer Al Pacino. I loved his movie that where he was the devil, and Keanu oh Reeves was the young lawyer. Uh, yes, yes, that was so fucking yes. good. Uh, and he was at his he was at his he was at his absolute. The Devil's prime. Advocate, nineteen ninety nine. His absolute prime. Hey, you sent me a you sent me a hater. What was that? The Irish dating game. I yes. didn't get to see it. Uh, Do we have time for you to? To chat it to me so I can look at it or no? No, that's a little bit longer. Okay. It's, but YouTube has, with its fucking clever al- algorithms, has determined that I really love the the seasons of SNL where Bill Hader was on. And it, I'll give you a little summary. They it, It's this Irish dating game where there's The Bachelor and then there's these three girls that come out and the, the host is all... Everything is all super Irish. And they... And they, the, hater's the host. No, hate no hater is the is the bachelor, and they start interrogating the bachelorettes, and it becomes clear that that at least one of them is hater's cousin, and one one of the bachelorettes is an American Irish that that has a more American accent because they didn't she couldn't do the Irish accent I mentioned, and everyone in the show is oh wow now that now that you know that this girl is your cousin good luck to the other two because she has a clear advantage, and anyway. Oh. It, it's super like Irish incestuous stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and one of the questions is, what would be your your perfect date with me? And the one that is his cousin says, "You remember that time two two funerals ago where we went out in the back alley?" And he's like, "Oh, do I ever?" Oh dear. It's really bad. What's <laughs> so good? You have to uh, see that. So yeah, there's that. Uh, hey, so I got more homework. I got more homework for you. Oh great. Yes, a movie I saw last night. I have. I love westerns. I love westerns, and this western called oh lord it's oh never mind i've lost it already this i'm i'm like getting so old being i can't follow my own uh, thought through the end of the sentence that's not good well we have a we have a death to mourn oh yes a toast we have a toast olympia dukakis to olympia dukakis she was amazing in moonstruck and yes. in many other things yes and she passed away in hospice care with her family there as you should at a ripe old age. You give that damn dog another bite of my food, old man, and I'm going to kick you till you're dead. Cheers, Olympia. Yeah. And her brother, Apollo, announced it. And her cousin, Michael. Where is Michael Dukakis? Is he dead? 
Did we hear from them about this? Let me look into the internet machine. Man, that, that anchor Steen beer is something. He was born in 1933, and after his presidential run, he endorsed Elizabeth Warren's candidacy oh, last year. Recently. He's got to be in his 80s then. So, oh, speaking of ancient Democrats, this photo went viral this week of the Bidens and the Carters. Yes. And yes. the <laughs> internet freaked the fuck out because they don't understand how uh, camera lenses work and how if you are in a tight little living room and you need to take a portrait of four people sitting with two people in armchairs separated by a big fucking table and then the other two people on the on each arm of the on the outside of the armchairs you need a really wide angle lens and it's going to distort the whole photo in a way that much like the way our projection of of the earth onto a flat canvas makes it look like Greenland is freaking huge because it's at the edge. It makes people at the edge of your shot look freaking huge. And this photo went viral because it <laughs> it's looks very like unnerving, though, isn't it? It looks like uh, President Joe and Dr. Jill are just these enormous people with their little Muppet trillionaire dolls. Of, little, yeah, of the, the size, cars. yes. Yes. And, it, and like, it's, it's funny. It's, just, it's funny, it's and funny, it's a thing but... that is like, oh, haha, let's share this. But then a whole bunch of people like couldn't understand what the hell was going on here. And there are a whole bunch of articles that attempt to describe why this is the case, but none of them did a very good job. So anyway, a couple hours ago, I opened up Photoshop, and I made some assumptions about how it looks like the chairs that are here are in like the the bottoms of the chairs follow this perfect curve and i figured what if that what if the chairs were actually in a straight line and so i just i was able to distort the photo in such a way that those chairs were in a straight line and then everyone looked normal everything else is distorted because but, that had the that had the effect of of minimizing the outer edges exactly the outer, you reduced the outer edges by doing that it was remarkable what you did i was i was quite impressed so where can people find that though hey i imagine that's going to be in the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 109 109 and another 109 bottle episodes beer in the wall 109 episodes beer take one down and pass it around 108 episodes beer on the wall come on man 108 episodes of beer on the wall 100 episodes of beer take one down and drink it along one other piece of media that I shared with you this week right after we recorded last week I think was this amazing clip that I found shared online of Andre Agassi talking about how when he was playing against Boris Becker, Boris Becker was this super tall, amazing serving tennis player, and how oh, yes. Andre, like apparently this is a thing that pro athletes do, is they will sit and just watch video clips of their opponents playing and teach their brains to sense what the other person is about to do. Uh, They're looking for a tell. Well, but he, I think this is a rare case where he can actually put words to the tell. But I think in yes. most of the time, yes. you yes. don't know, you can't say what the tell is, but you it's sense. It's a feeling. It's a sense. You're right. your, your brain figures it out. And in this case, Andre discovered that Boris Becker, every time he served, would, just as he was about to serve, he would put his tongue to out of his mouth to a different side of his mouth, depending on where he was going to serve and how. And like in a way that Boris was unaware, like he didn't know he was doing this. 
but it was just a, a tick that he had the poker players that have, a, have their tell and have no idea how the other person can figure out what they're on about but uh, it's just this beautiful little video that i will link to in the show notes the the, the quotable quote is what he said to his wife yeah when, when he you, got he, home when years later matches, he's yes well yeah uh, andre he said, said andre said that years later he after they were no longer arch rivals because i remember watching tennis at the time when they were arch rivals and he told boris at some tennis dinner party he said did you know how i knew where you were going to serve it every time because you do this thing with your yes. tongue and he had no idea and he re- no idea he specifically well, it, recalls it, it, telling his wife him. that yes andre fucking reads my mind i don't know how he does it but he knows it's what like i'm going to do it's like he can read it's like he can read my mind and what well, but and, what what Andre said about that is that, and I wouldn't overuse it. Exactly. Then you get into the, to the other game. Because I didn't want to give away that I knew the tell. Right. That's like the ultimate spycraft is we can yes. decode all of your messages, but we need to yes. only act on some of them because if we act on every single one of them. Then you know that we know your code. So we can only do it some of the time to get lucky. And the rest of the time, you need to think that you're fooling us. And that level of, yeah. that's like Bletchley Park level of, hmm. Spycraft, which is super cool. Yes. I I'm so happy that winter's over. The 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 spring here in the fifties reminds me of how much I love the spring before it gets hot. I don't like I don't like hot. I don't like eighties and nineties. So you're not know retiring to Florida? No, no. I don't want to well in Florida it gets gets in the sixties in the winter. You gotta go all the way down to Key West before you don't get chilly. The southern tip of Louisiana, it's cold. You've got to wear a winter jacket in the winter. It's in the uh-huh. 50s and windy. It gets cold. You would never, I wouldn't, I, I never had thought that was the case. <laughs> but the way that the, the coolness and the, the dampness is helping everything grow, particularly jubilantly and strongly, means that even if the summer gets real hot, everything will be fine because it's really been such a plant, tree friendly spring. Plenty of moisture. Which reminds me, I left the hose on outside. Oh, no. I planted uh, grass this this last weekend too. Cut down uh, three trees that were eight inches around with a chainsaw that was too big, particularly when I had to haul it up a fucking ladder. But I cut down three trees and put in some new lawn. I did that this past weekend. The trees were bothering you. In some Texture's way? coming. What's that? The trees were annoying you in some way. Why did they deserve that? There were fate? too many of them, and they weren't healthy for the. They were a community of trees, and some had to be abandoned Cold. for the health of the others. Plus, one of the major ones was over the top of the little chimera that I've uh, got out there, little stove. Can't be having that. So I tied ropes to it, tied ropes to both branches, which could otherwise, one would have fallen in my neighbor's yard, possibly damaged his fence. The other one might have landed on the high-tension wires, if not the roof of my shed. So in each case, I tied a rope. I put the loop around the tree at the middle, a little above the middle, and I used the chainsaw and I cut the tree, not down, but in half. So that when I started to pull on it, it stretched toward me and thus out of the way, cut down the rest of the tree. In both occasions, no damage was done to either the roof, the fence. None of it was precarious on the other person's property. I was quite happy with it. And nice. then the uh, planting of the grass was a. I'll send you photos, because I think that a lot of our listeners are hoping to hear about how you know how to do this stuff. There's, there, it's to them it's like a, a tool show. 
Yeah, their, most of it is right? turning into their favorite Dennis, tool. Dennis the, the tool, tool of the day Taylor. is their favorite. Sec- yes. Yeah. 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 It's a favorite. It's their favorite uh, part of the show. We should do it more often. Hey, we hey. should do it two or three times an episode. I have, speaking of high-tension cable, I have an anecdote, if you've got the time. I've got the time. I've got the anecdote. So we, my house, we have this balcony that in Spain, there's a lot of interior balconies, which means that a building is built on a city block, and then on the inside, it's hollow, and there are balconies to this interior patio it's it dates back to the to the Moorish invasion where that sort of architecture of having an interior patio is a thing, but now it's true in tall buildings in Spain. And so anyway, we have this interior balcony, and because of the culture in Spain, we don't have a drying machine, so we have a place to hang our clothes out from this balcony. You following? You mean a dryer? We don't have a dryer. No. A dryer. Dryer. What did I say? Is that what you mean? Drying machine. Oh, sorry, we don't have a dryer. It's like you were from. It was like you were from the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> we don't got one of them newfangled machines that does the drying. <laughs> we got the drying machine. We have this other thing. It's a scrubbing machine. <laughs> First, you put the stuff in the scrubber machine. In the scrubber. Then you put the stuff in the drying machine, and it comes out. Uh, so and you use this flat, this flattening thing. And yeah. It's, so the way we dry our clothes is we hang them out on this. We have these steel arms that come out from either side of the balcony and then we have ropes running on pulleys right we don't necessarily need the pulleys there are places where sometimes you can't get all the way to the end so you actually want to hang clothes and then pulley them out right so far you away put your uh, striped speedos out there to dry e- for everything everyone to see uh, yeah america speedos of course no it's not for everyone to see it's just for the neighbors because it's an interior balcony everyone of your neighbors is what right. i mean i do they all know quite a few people how many people are facing inward there's got to be 20 flats. Uh-huh. 20 on the inside, 20 on the outside? No. I, most of them are both on the inside and the outside. They like they have, but oh. anyway. So we had these straight steel arms, and apparently this wasn't a problem that I had because I'm fairly tall, but apparently my wife and in-laws had trouble reaching all the way out to the third right. of the three lines to So they needed hang the stuff. police? No. So my father-in-law, who has has very little schooling like he he left school at age 11 to start working but he's been working with building shit for his for his whole life so he knows more about the practicality of building things than I do for sure but he said he came up with this idea he said what if rather than being flat out from the wall what if these these arms were angled upward so that from the balcony it was easier to get to the far ones and they could still, uh-huh. you could still have several of them. Closer, but higher. Closer, but higher. And he came up with this idea, and he asked if I had any cardboard lying around, which, of course, I had some old Amazon boxes lying around. And he built out of cardboard this arm at the angle that he thought it should be. And he and I went to the local, because I live in a fishing village, we have a local steel welding place that fixes, like, shit on the boats. And so we went into this into this place that welds steel together and we said hey we've got this proposal do you think you could build these arms and weld them to plates that fit into the holes that we already have on the wall such that we could hang our clothes at this weird angle and over the course of several weeks we went back and forth with them where they didn't really understand what we wanted but then we explained we tried to explain better what we wanted and in the end the what they came up with 
just worked fucking perfectly the first time. We put up these arms that are more angled upward, and they, and they, the plate that they are welded to fits perfectly onto the wall where the existing plate was. We didn't have to drill any holes, and it just so came out. Sell twenty of these. It just came out great. Twenty of these. No, it's a bespoke. I've never had a bespoke stainless steel thing manufactured for me before, but now I have. You should post it and go into a little business. Everybody on the inside want those. Why wouldn't they? Everybody's yeah. got the same problem you have. I could hang my clothes right. and an advertisement banner. Ah, that drops down three stories. Exactly. Unfurls. And you encourage your neighbors below you that it's actually a, a canvas ready for their painting for a major art exhibit. Yeah, I don't know They'll about never that. never know. But so well, this was a, a new experience for me to custom build yeah. something made out of fucking steel that that turned out perfectly the first time because it, wow. it just worked. So pretty that is cool. cool. Kudos to my father-in-law for that cool. idea. And Yes, kudos. Hey, so Dos Equis, Amber, went to buy Smittix at the local Hardings. Yes. And uh, for the second time in a row, no Smittix. Not only is there no Smittix, Somebody took the Smittix sign, a little sticker down. And there's yeah. no space that it has. If the Smittix is gone, you could find the Smittix sticker. And we puzzled over it, called, a ma- went to the desk, called the manager, gone to the bank. Nobody knew. Somebody worked in wine. She came, and she said, it's supposed to be here. It's a good seller. I don't know. I'm blah, upset. Blah, blah. I said, sometimes you stare, and you look, and you miss it. It's not here. So I'm going to go for what's on sale for $7.79 and get Sarvesa Dosa Keys yes triple X no nope. Ember not triple try again no what does uh, Dose mean right quadruple no four X's there <laughs> uh, depends on how many of them you have had already I turn it this way it's two K's facing each other well whoa look out whoa man it's like what what so what a lovely evening we've had. Why is it over? You got any more stories involving concrete and hammers and That's Oh, my trees are coming up. My bushes, I should say. You cut down two trees. Cut down. Well, there a tree with a double trunk I cut down and then I Does cut that count down as one main, tree. I'm kind of good as two. Okay. Two 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 cuts. If you want to argue limb versus tree, I suppose we can get into that but it was a double trunk tree so I think it's it, I'll just say that I won't call it two or one I'll just say I cut a double trunk tree it took two cuts and then you can assign it to some other so it went into the ground in two different spots and then came the ground well, what do you call a trunk of a tree what do I call the trunk of a tree <laughs> the trunk comes out of the ground comes up about a foot and a half and then divides into two main trunks each of those trunks are the same size. It is, in fact, a double-trunked tree. Now, what's your question? I would, if you cut it low to the ground, you're only cutting one. You're only going to have one stump, right? But what you don't understand is that it's in a community of trees. And so this is a raised area of interactive trunk and stem and root. And the whole area is above ground. And whether I'm cutting something above the ground or below the ground, it's all one organism. It's a copse of trees. And uh, the particular one that I'm cutting is the most prolific of the copse. And then there's two others that I think might, one might be an elm tree. I think they're, let's see. 
There's one elm. It's one I trimmed above so, so that all of the you, leaves get more air and uh, light. Why do you and hit, I get them out of harm's way with the with the fire what, pit? Why do you hit the cops? Why are you trying to kill cops? Oh God! Don't go there. We'll get calls. There'll be phone calls. There'll be letters written. I don't. So cops. you really think it's one creature? Of course. Organism. It's all one set of roots. So you're pruning. The, the pruning, yes. You show me this power. It, it's dead. Oh, Not so pining. Dead. Pruning. Oh, pruning. It's just pining. <laughs> it's pruning for the fjords. No. A friend of mine is Hawaii. I want to give her a shout out. Aloha. She showed me a, a image of a beach in the main island, I believe. That was amazing to see. Not a crowded beach, either, by the way. Populated, but not crowded, so here's to her. There's another toast in the... Well, aloha to all so of our... Those keys. All of our listener in Hawaii. Oh, mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Let them be lawyers and doctors and... Podcasters. I'm going to get my music straight. I now have my truck has got a CD player. Ooh, uh, fancy! Unlike my other truck. That's like yeah. high tech. Oh, yeah. New. Oh yeah. Shit. And that means I've got a place to, to listen to music. We took the new Subaru out. Subaru, the new Toyota, to the lake for our Sunday drive, and we hiked two and a half miles from the lake into the toward our house. In fact, driving walking east swamplands and just gorgeous river and oh my god I'll send you a picture too you'll like it well you've got 25 pictures that you promised me so my the way you send picture, pictures at full fucking resolution my google account I don't know if I can handle that but I will get some and but look at them and then delete them in the matter do I am I supposed to do something to reduce your anxiety on this you said it's like I don't know so when I take a picture with my phone that's what it does right. do I do a setting and change it as a beautiful a, pictures what and i want to see them in full resolution but i don't know we'll have to figure some way for you to send them to me let's post them on a cloud there you go post them on the cloud upload them to the heavens reminds me of a song time a kangaroo down time a kangaroo down <laughs> what episode was that take a guess 65 89 go listen to at least listen to between 65 and 89 I'm having wait so a, I said what I said 65 65 I said 89 I our Captain Kangaroo discussion which must have preceded that song yes was yes. 71 so we were right around uh, it well you were closer though well 89 is that true? Yes. Without going cool. over, if it's like impressive like, rules. Hey, like, hey obviously what'd you expect? Like, hey, what'd you expect? <laughs> Boy. Lord, the, the the beat goes on. Oh, what was the Al Pacino movie we talked about last time? Uh, that is in the uh, show notes, and I can look it up, because it is Stand Up Guys. Stand Up Guys. See, that's why we have show notes with, with Walken and Arkin. Christopher Walken. Walken and so Arkin. I'm channel surfing, and I come across this 
Christopher Walken film where he was in his late seventies, somewhat recent, mm-hmm. and he played Frank Sinatra type lounge singer who was very famous and had hit albums and was in his old age and his daughter from one of his marriages of five marriages was played by Amber Heard of the Johnny Depp lawsuit fame. And I'm glad I didn't know that as I watched the movie for reasons we don't need but could go into. But she was great in this flick and was a singer-songwriter like her famous father. But it was interesting to hear Christopher Walken do so much singing. We knew he was a dancer because I sent you that clip. Right. Did we ever talk about that clip? I think we did. I've certainly seen it, and it's been fun. But this is him singing and how comfortable he is and how interesting he is that he is well known for his very realistic and individualist style. Now, well, he must have some Broadway chops. Who does? Over the, over the years. He was a child dancer, singer, it's a tap dancer, yeah. Yeah, tap dancer. Okay, so the movie you're talking about is called One More Time from 2015. Oh, yes. Christopher Walken, Amber Heard. Yes, so there's more homework for you. So you've got about 16 hours of, of homework left. Yeah, I'll just quit my job. Do this full time. You know, paying the bills. You can live off. You can live off this. That one dude, man, from Pennsylvania, still in the car. I mean, still downloading. <laughs> downloading, driving. Downloading. Downloading. Where are you from? I'm from downloading. Where are you from? Okay, that does it for episode number 109. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 109. I highly recommend that you check out the Oval Office piece from the New York Times. Dennis has sent me some photos of his giant slab hole to post for you. And that Axie video where he's talking about Boris Becker is just fantastic. So we will see you next week.